This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Good morning. Breaking news. Stepping down a shocking reversal from Prime Minister Boris Johnson overnight, expected to resign after three years in office. What led up to the decision that is sending ripple effects here in the United States and around the world? And what happens next? We're live in the UK. Confession. Police say the suspect in the 4th of July parade shooting admitted to the attack and made another stunning revelation. Uh, and he seriously contemplated using the firearm he had in his vehicle to commit another shooting. The growing scrutiny on the suspect's parents and questions about how he was able to buy multiple guns as the family of a two-year-old boy whose own parents died protecting him speaks out. I mean, he just takes your breath away. The outpouring of love and support that little boy is receiving from total strangers. We're live in Illinois with the latest. Rally for Britney. WNBA star Britney Griner's supporters call for action as she heads back to court this morning, facing up to 10 years in a Russian prison. What the White House is now saying about her case and what's being done to bring her home. Going green, the weather phenomenon that turned the sky this creepy color and had some thinking of an alien invasion. What caused the strange shade? Return to sender, a surprise for shoppers sending back unwanted items. Why some stores are giving them their money back and telling them, just keep it. All that plus feeling hangry. It turns out there really may be a link between our meals and our mood. We are digesting this brand new research. Today, Thursday, July 7th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning, welcome to today. We're so happy that you're joining us on a Thursday morning. Savannah is off, Craig is here with me. Boy, there was big news overnight early this yeah. morning and that's where we start overseas. Uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to resign. This right here is a live shot of 10 Downing Street in London, the official residence of the prime minister where Boris Johnson is set to speak in just a bit. Johnson, of course, no stranger to U.S. politics, either having formed that bond with former President Trump and also working quite closely with President Biden since taking over as prime minister back in 2019. Yeah, the resignation coming after a series of high-profile cabinet resignations and multiple calls to step down, including some members of his own conservative party on live television yesterday, where members of parliament took turns telling Johnson to face it. It was time to resign. The public can't afford to put up with this farce of a government a minute longer. And at some point, we have to conclude that enough is enough. Yeah. I believe that point is now. Yeah. Once again, the Prime Minister, he puts political survival before public duty. Yeah. Does the Prime Minister think there are any circumstances in which he should resign? <laughs> 
All right, for the very latest, we go to today's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons, in London with the very latest on this breaking story. Hey, Keir, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Any moment now, we expect British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to walk out of that famous door, 10 Downing Street, behind me there, and announce that he is stepping down. In the White House, they will be watching and worrying that we are now seeing political instability here in the UK at such an unstable time for Europe. But in the end, after scandal after scandal, Boris Johnson's own party decided he simply does not have the integrity to be Prime Minister. This morning, Boris Johnson, a key ally for President Biden over Ukraine, forced from office, despite his defiance even yesterday. But the job of a Prime Minister in difficult circumstances when he's been handed a colossal mandate is to keep going, and that's what I'm going to do. The tipping point, a tsunami of resignations from his government and a devastating resignation speech about political integrity. Enough is enough. After a cascade of scandals, parties in Downing Street during lockdown at first denied, then the final straw, misleading his own party again over a member of his government accused of sexual misconduct while drunk in a London club. He apologised. In, in, in hindsight, it was uh, the wrong thing to do. But it was too late. What a pathetic spectacle. Exactly. The, the, the dying act of his political career is... Boris Johnson, <laughs> whose colourful career made him world famous, falling from power after defying political gravity for years, telling Savannah in an exclusive interview last year. People feel very strongly about uh, not having the state uh, mandate something. In my country, we're great lovers of liberty. And uh, we've had to do it by sweet reason and persuasion. What do you do when sweet reason and persuasion don't work? Keep going. Sweet, more sweet reason. That sweet reason deserting him now. He was able to stay close to President Trump, then ally himself with President Biden, standing up to President Putin. Just a month ago, President Zelensky praised Boris Johnson as a true friend. Johnson arguing up until the last moment that he should cling on. And when we had the biggest war in Europe for 80 years, Mr Speaker, uh, that, is when, that is exactly the moment that you'd expect a government uh, to continue with its work. Boris Johnson swept to power on a wave of support for Brexit and his own unique personality, a chaotic appearance and ability to laugh at himself. But in the end, it wasn't enough to save his position. So, Kira, as you mentioned, we are in a period of uncertainty, not sure who may become the UK's next leader. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how will that impact relations between the United States and Britain? Well, you know, Hoda, this is democracy, right? And democracy can be messy. But by this morning, uh, Boris Johnson was being compared to President Trump. Never concede, never apologize. So for uh, President Biden, uh, what he now faces is trying to build this strong alliance and continue that alliance against uh, President uh, Putin with a fundamental pillar of that alliance, the UK uh, and Boris Johnson, uh, now in very, very difficult uh, waters. Just to give you an example, the British Foreign secretary is at the G20 where the secretary of state is trying to send a strong message to China and Russia. She is having to race home back here to London. The prime minister in Downing Street there apparently is preparing to say that he wants to continue being prime minister until the fall. Again, his own party, many members of his own party seem to be suggesting that that even that is untenable. So we don't know how much uncertainty there will be uh, in the months ahead, even when there is a 
new leader, that new leader potentially has less authority. Hoda? All right, Keir Simmons, I know you're right there on 10 Downing Street where the announcement will come shortly. We appreciate it. Back here, we turn now to several new developments in the investigation of the 4th of July parade shooting in Illinois. Police say the suspect not only admitted to the attack, but also made another chilling confession. NBC's Maggie Vespa is live in Highland Park this morning with the very latest. Maggie, good morning to you. Craig, good morning. In the hours after inflicting pure terror along this parade route, investigators now say the suspect telling them he drove to Wisconsin, where they say he considered carrying out a second mass shooting on another July 4th celebration. At the same time, new overnight, the suspect's father talking to the New York Post about his conversations with his son the night before the shooting. Overnight, the father of the suspected gunman is speaking out, telling the New York Post that the night before the Highland Park attack, he and his son discussed the recent mass shooting in Denmark, adding that his son called the Denmark shooter an idiot. Police say the suspect, Robert Cremo III, legally purchased the firearm used in the shooting and four others after passing four background checks in 2020 and 2021. Earlier in 2020, his father had sponsored his firearm owner's identification card, telling the New York Post he did so because he thought his son was planning to go to a shooting range, adding he bought everything on his own and they're registered to him. Authorities now say the suspected gunman considered committing a second attack on the 4th of July. After fleeing the scene from his deadly rampage, police say he drove two hours to Madison, Wisconsin, where he ditched his cell phone at this auto shop and saw another potential target. He did see a celebration that was occurring in Madison, uh, and he seriously contemplated using the firearm he had in his vehicle to commit another shooting. Authorities say the suspect did not go through with that attack because it was not planned or strategized. The revelation investigators say made as part of his voluntary and detailed confession to police in which he admitted to dressing up as a woman, climbing onto a roof and aiming a rifle like this one at innocent parade goers, including children on the street below. The state's attorney speaking to Tom Yamas overnight. He should not have been able to buy firearms. During a virtual appearance in front of a judge on Wednesday, he was ordered held without bond. As the community mourns, we now know the names of the seven lives lost, including Eduardo Uvaldo, who died yesterday in the hospital after being shot in the head. He would have turned 70 on Saturday. His daughters would have planned something for him. Lindsay and Danny Hartman brought their four-year-old daughter, Scarlett, to the parade, too. It will stick with us forever. 15 minutes that will now be with us for the rest of our lives. As more than 80 rounds rained down on them from above, they used their own bodies to shield Scarlett from the hail of bullets. The couple says they were just 20 feet from Kevin and Irina McCarthy, who reportedly died protecting their two-year-old son, Aiden. Horrible to think about, but had you suffered the same fate? I mean, obviously, I did not, don't want to die, but it was way more important to me that she live. Ugh. Maggie, uh, in your, your story there, you mentioned the suspect's father sponsoring his, uh, his gun permit. That's raising a lot of questions over potential right. liability. A lot of folks are asking about this. What have police said about that part of it? Right, as you said, a lot of questions about the father's role in this shooting. So in their press conference, Illinois State Police saying as part of their larger ongoing criminal investigation, they're absolutely looking into whether, frankly, anyone else besides the suspect played a role in this shooting and therefore could face 
criminal charges. It is worth noting that some legal experts say if nothing else, the father could very well face civil lawsuits due to his role and kind of what we've learned in the wake of this shooting. At the same time, we should mention and should stress the father talking to the New York Post overnight, saying in his words he had zero involvement in this shooting, adding again, as we reported, his son passed multiple background checks. Craig. Maggie Vespa for us there in Highland Park, Illinois. Maggie, thank you. Also this morning, we're learning new information about another heartbreaking tragedy in another American community. The school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. A new report shows that the gunman could have been stopped before he even entered the school. NBC's Sam Brock joins us from Austin with more on this. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hoda, good morning. This report by Texas State University identified three circumstances that if any one of them had played out differently could have meant fewer deaths or no deaths. And most notably, a Uvalde police officer who had the shooter within his sights less than 150 yards away waiting for the green light to shoot. The report finding that decision was in his discretion. This morning, Uvalde's highly criticized police response, magnified by a state commission report which spotlights three circumstances before the suspect entered the building that could have saved some or all of the 21 people massacred on May 24th. Starting with a Uvalde officer reporting he observed the suspect striding toward the school entrance and was sighted in to shoot the attacker from approximately 148 yards away. But according to the report, the officer waited for permission. When he didn't hear a response, the report says he turned to get confirmation from his supervisor. When he turned back to address the suspect, the suspect had already entered the school. The findings also stating a reasonable officer would conclude in this case, based upon the totality of the circumstances, that use of deadly force was warranted. Though state standards don't require officers to fire their weapon from more than 100 yards away. Grieving parents like Javier Caceres, who lost his beloved Jackie, trying to process this latest gut punch. Does this report do anything to alleviate that anger or do you think it inflames it? It inflames it more, you know, knowing for sure that it is true now that, you know, it did happen. He did have that shot. Also part of the same report, two other critical safeguards that failed. A teacher closed a door that was propped open, but she did not check to see if the door was locked. And because it was not locked, the attacker was able to immediately access the building. Senator Roland Gutierrez is suing the state and demanding transparency. Whether it's our lawsuit or getting more information from DPS, we'll get the full picture of what went on. Working on this active The authorities do lay blame beyond the school's police chief, Pete Arredondo highlighting how the rank-and-file officers could have tried to breach the exterior windows of the classroom, among other options. I'm angry. You know, I, I want justice served from the bottom to the top. Uvalde police so far have not yet responded to our request for comment about this report. And Hoda, it is worth mentioning that there's nothing inside of the report that says whether or not a police officer should or should not be requesting permission before firing a shot in that kind of situation. Yeah. And who knows, certainly it is virtually unprecedented. Hoda, back to you. All right, Sam Brock Forrest there. Sam, thank you. We'll return now to some new developments in a story that we've been following closely here. The case against WNBA superstar Brittany Griner. Griner has been held in a Russian jail since February on drug charges. And this morning, those closest to Griner are putting more pressure on the White House to take action. NBC's chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrew Mitchell, has the very latest on this. Andrew, good morning. 
Good morning, Craig. Well, WNBA star center Brittany Griner on trial near Moscow again today, facing a 10-year sentence if convicted, as are 99% of people tried in Russian courts. Overnight, back home in Phoenix, an outpouring of support for Brittany Griner, jailed in Russia for more than four months on drug charges, as her family and teammates vowed a fight for her release. I honestly can't rest until she's home. I'm frustrated that 140 days have passed since my wife has been able to speak to me. Sherelle posting to Instagram, I know BG will be able to find comfort in knowing she has not been forgotten. After a handwritten plea from Brittany Griner to President Biden and a letter from more than 1,100 black women leaders, the president and Vice President Harris called Griner's wife Sherelle Wednesday, promising all possible assistance to bring Brittany home. Griner's head coach, Vanessa Nygaard, hearing the news from us. Do you have any reaction to the president having called Sherelle? To know that they've read the letter and that they're going to react and respond, this is great, great news, and we hope to have more progress continue. The two-time Olympic gold medalist had written Mr. Biden two days ago with a desperate appeal. I'm terrified I might be here forever. After Russian authorities say vape cartridges containing cannabis oil were found in her luggage. Griner's friends say her experience in prison has been grueling. We know that this is tough. Um, we also know BG. We know BG is a fierce competitor. She's a fighter. Um, but this situation now, this is weighing on her heavily. Complicating any negotiation for President Biden, tensions between the U.S. and Russia are at their highest point since the Cold War. He's up against Vladimir Putin, and we're at war on behalf of Ukraine against Vladimir Putin. So what hope do you have to get Brittany out? Well, this is the commander in chief. So all of our faith right now is in this president um, to get it done. And we know that he can he can get this done. The family of Paul Whelan, wrongfully detained since 2018 in Russia, tells NBC News they've been asking to meet with the president without success. And they believe the White House outreach should be the same for all wrongful detainees. Craig? Our chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrew Mitchell, for us there. Andrew, thank you. you all right, guys, we got one more thing this first half hour. We've got some pretty incredible pictures to show you. Check out this. The green sky, green, over Sioux Falls, South Dakota, looks... Like something out of a movie, this happened on Tuesday night. It's during a derecho storm. Experts say that green sky happens when blue light from the rain clouds oh. is combined with the red and yellow light from the sunset. It's not a magic trick. No. And someone who knows all about this stuff <laughs> is this guy, Bill Cairns. You, you know about the derecho. Right? Yeah, the derecho yeah, is a long-distance thunderstorm. It has to travel like 450 miles. So that ah. is something that is related to this. But it also has to do with hail in the storm, too. Uh, one of the rules is if you're ever out in you know storm chasing or tornado chasing or if you're out there in the plains and you see a big storm with green skies, that means... It has a lot of hail in it, oh. and that means do not drive into that storm because your car could be ruined. So, yes, okay. these pictures were real, and, uh, yeah, with the sunset and everything played with the lighting, too, and some people said it was the most incredible thing they've ever seen. So let's talk about what happened yesterday. Goshen, Ohio, is where we had a tornado hit, and unfortunately, the first responders needed responding, too. This was their building that had a partial collapse there. Numerous homes were destroyed, and there were about three injuries, no fatalities. There's still about 50,000 people without power in southern Ohio. 
Ohio from that storm and that tornado. So for today, we're mostly concerned with areas of severe weather in the mid-Atlantic region from Nashville to Charlotte to Raleigh. That's the area of greatest concern. We have about 29 million people at risk of these storms. Even Atlantic could see some of those pulse-like storms later on today. I do not think we're going to have too many tornadoes, but wind damage and power outages are possible once again today. And I probably should have told them earlier, but we do have a weather quiz coming up later in the show, oh. too. Oh! It's a pop quiz, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we'll be ready, Bill. All right, no, thank you. Craig's there. <laughs> She'll be ready. I'll well, thank you. All right, straight ahead, guys. Uh, we are hearing from the family of that little boy whose life was changed forever by that parade shooting in Illinois. What they're saying about the loss, an unbelievable outpouring of kindness and generosity. And then later, we're going to take a bit of a turn in today's Consumer Confidential. Carrie Sanders on a surprising shopping trend. Yeah, guys, you know, you think you know the rules. You buy something, you don't want it, you ask for a refund, and so you get your money back and you prepare to return the item, but then the company says, never mind, just go ahead and keep it. Unofficially, on a case-by-case, case-by-case case basis, the rules appear to be changing. We'll have that story coming up. All right, but first, this is Today on NBC. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now 7.30, it's a Thursday morning, July 7th. Happy crowd, enthusiastic mm. crowd we got outside. We'll see them in just a bit. Savannah is enjoying some much-deserved time off. Chanel joins us now from the desk. Hi, Chanel. Good, Good morning, morning, girl. Happy Good Thursday. You. you say Thursday. Or Friday, Friday Fri Eve. You almost said it? Friday Eve. I did. That was yes. the triple-triple. All, yes. all, all right, uh, let's get a check of our 7.30 headlines, guys. New developments this morning in the January 6th committee's investigation. Pat Cipollone, the former White House counsel under former President Trump, has agreed to testify behind closed doors tomorrow. That is according to a person familiar with the situation. The panel subpoenaed Cipollone last week after a former White House aide said he opposed Mr. Trump's plan to travel to the Capitol on January 6th. A new version of Omicron is now dominant in the United States. The coronavirus subvariant known as BA5 accounts for nearly 54% of the country's COVID cases now. That's according to a recent CDC report. 
A similar subvariant, BA4, makes up another 17%. The two strains appear to evade protection from vaccines more easily than most of their predecessors. An FDA advisory committee last week recommended modifying coming booster shots from Pfizer and Moderna to target the subvariants directly. A Georgia monument that some refer to as America's Stonehenge was destroyed yesterday in a pre-dawn bombing. A surveillance camera captured the explosion. Look at this early yesterday morning and moments later, a car can be seen leaving the scene. Police are still searching for the person responsible for the blast. The granite guidestones sit near the town of Elberton. That's about two hours east of Atlanta. The tourist site draws more than 20,000 visitors each year. Now to the overwhelming display of love and generosity in the wake of Monday's parade shooting in Illinois. The story of a little two-year-old boy who lost both of his parents. It's touched so many people and it's moved them to help. So this morning, for the first time, we are hearing from that little boy's family. NBC's Emily Aketa is here with more on that. Hey, Emily, good morning. Good morning to you all. So many people eager to help. We're told the GoFundMe page hit $30,000 within just a few minutes of being launched. Now it's, it's at around $3 million. Really a remarkable showing of support and important reminder of the good in this world after such a dark tragedy. He's emerged as an emblem of Highland Park's tremendous loss on July 4th. A two-year-old boy, Aiden McCarthy, effectively orphaned by Monday's massacre. His parents, Kevin and Irina, among the seven people killed along the parade route. Witnesses say Kevin died trying to protect his son. I mean, he just takes your breath away, you know, you just... Like the wind got knocked out of you. Irina and Tony Cologne are part of the McCarthy's extended family and started a GoFundMe page to support him and the caregivers who will be tasked with raising, caring for, and supporting Aiden. They sat down with NBC's Tom Yamas. I think it just occurred to us right away, like right away, like what can we do? What's going to actually help this family? Like prayers and all that, fine, great food, yeah, sure, but what's ultimately going to help them? And it's GoFundMe, like 100%. The page has raised more than $2.8 million in a stunning outpouring of help from a world touched by a community's sorrow and a father's final heroic act. His dad did everything he could to protect his son and, 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 and was successful in that. NBC News spoke with Tom Brooks, who spotted the two-year-old moments after the gunfire beneath his limp father. He says he had that kid in his arms and his final act of his life was bravery. He fell with his son underneath him. It was intentional. This gentleman is a hero. This morning, tributes pouring in for the couple, both graduates of DePaul University in Chicago with degrees in finance. Irina was an only child, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Her father, who emigrated from Russia, telling the outlet, she was the love of my life. A friend calling her an amazing person, adding, Kevin was such a kind person who loved to make people laugh. He kept telling me how he wanted a big family and how much it meant to him. Monday's violence shattering that dream, but a community determined to pick up the pieces in its wake. There are so many layers to this story, but there's the man, Tom Brooks, who actually saw uh, Aiden's dad on top of him and had a chance to, like, share a couple of moments before he passed. Yeah, that's right. Tom Brooks says before the boy was guided away from the scene, he told the bleeding father that his son was safe. The father mm. wasn't responsive, but Brooks is convinced he heard him. Perhaps a moment of relief in Kevin McCarthy's mm. final moment. Had to have been. Yeah. Had to have been. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Thank you so much. Mm. Coming up, Tom Costello on a new warning about what's being called the biggest threat to our government, China. Yeah.
an unprecedented, unprecedented joint news conference with the FBI and Britain's MI5 warning the Chinese spies are trying to penetrate, hack, and steal business information, government secrets, and your personal information. We'll have that story. My goodness. All right, Tom. But up next, today's Consumer Confidential. A lot of stores just have too much stuff. Now some shoppers are getting a surprise when they try to make returns. Carrie Sanders breaks down the policies we should know before we buy after this. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Alpha 1-9er, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops, on. TVs, streaming. Game console, console Smart thermostat, set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera, Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Back now with our ongoing Consumer Confidential series where every day at this time, we try to help manage your money. Mm -hmm. And this morning, a look at a surprising side effect of inflation. Some stores simply have too much stuff, and shoppers who try to make returns are being told just to keep it. NBC's Carrie Sanders explains why. This is interesting. Good morning, Carrie. Well, good morning. I'm at Angler's Bait and Tackle. Let's say that you go out and you buy something like this, a rod and reel for a thousand bucks, and then you decide, I want a refund. Well, you know the standard rules, you know, you have to return it within 30 days, need a receipt, it needs to be in good condition. But now some big box companies appear to be changing their standard policy, and at first glance, it's a real head scratcher. High inflation has customers rethinking purchases, which in turn has resulted in inventory ordered months ago by big retail chains backing up in storage. Put on the wall against the back. What back? You can't even see the wall. The situation played for laughs on TikTok. You just keep those items and I'll give you the money back for it. Oh, I don't need them. I just need to return them. Yeah. But for some companies with overstocks and no room for returns, it's now a serious financial calculation. Give customers a refund, but also let them keep what they purchased. When that happens, shoppers are in disbelief. And they let me keep the old and they gave me the new. So it was convenient because I didn't have to ship anything back. Last year, customers returned $760 billion worth of products, according to the National Retail Federation. The trend is even more pronounced with online sales. More than 20% of merchandise was returned in 2021. My advice to consumers would be shop as mindfully as you always have and try not to over-return. But you might find that retailers are a little bit more generous right now than they have been in the past. Should you expect it? I don't think so. I think this is at this point at the discretion of the retailer. All that shipping out and then back also has a big impact on the environment. 16 million tons of carbon dioxide and an astounding 5.8 billion tons of return packaging 
winds up in landfills. Amazon says it's not changing its return policies, but that some no-return refunds do happen on a case-by-case basis. And Walmart says its return policy depends on a variety of factors that will lead to the best possible customer experience, adding in some cases they may not have to bring or ship the item back. I bought some chairs from Wayfair and one of them had a slight ding on it. I let them know and they said just keep it and they sent a replacement so now I have an extra chair. While customers repeatedly tell stories like that, skeptics say for obvious reasons, companies won't ever advertise, get a refund, yet keep the product. I think people are going to take advantage of the system and buy things that they know they can say they want to return, even though they want to keep them. And it'll probably make prices go up for the rest of us. Fair thought. Yeah. There's a lot of us were thinking that. And Carrie, how will this impact folks who often, you know, they have different sizes of clothes or shoes online? They order maybe a couple and then they send the one back yeah. that doesn't fit. You know, that's really become sort of routine, people ordering online multiple sizes, especially since a little bit of the COVID weight gain that took place. So the best advice is, let's say you get three shirts and you're just going to have one that fits, and then they say keep the other two, well, perhaps donate the other two to charity. Oh, well, there you go. Good response there. All right, Carrie, thank you. I mean, you can really, uh, from a company standpoint, you know, it's, it's kind of makes sense, like yeah. paying for the shipping of a exactly. chain bag. And what are they going to do with it if it's right. damaged? Yeah. Bill Karens, you said this happened to you recently. Yeah. I had an extra dining room table in my garage Whoa. for a while. I know. And it was wow. great because after the kids ruined the old one, I just, you know, <laughs> right. I just I pulled it back out and I was like, look, new table. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so you guys ready for a multiple choice? Let's go. Oh, yes, all right, so let's go with this. So it's been a hot summer. We all know that. So are we heading towards historical heat? So let's start with Nashville. You've had 17 days in a row of 90 degree plus. So I was like, ah, I wonder what the record is for the most 90 degree plus days in a row. So Whew. is it 34 in Nashville, 41, or is at 55. Nashville, mm, Tennessee. The answer is 41. I'm saying 34. I'll, I'll take 55. Wait, Hoda seems See, so they're sure. smart. At least one of you is guaranteed to get <laughs> it right. I'll, if you I'll, I'll take 55. The answer for this one is... Oh! oh no, good this girl. Saturday's supposed to be okay. 89. Then it's very hot after that. So if Saturday can sneak in at 90, we have a chance of going for that record. So then wow. we got one more for you. Let's okay. go to Dallas, Texas. Known for being extremely oh, yeah. hot. We've already had 13 days, 100 plus. What is the record in Dallas for the most number of 100 degree days in one single year? Oh, I'm shoot. going back with 42. I'm you going know, my mid number. I want to say 42. You okay. do? I then do. You might be right. I'll, I'll take 71. I've been to Dallas in the summer. Someone put 71 on there? Ah. That's almost, I, I thought it was like a misprint. 71. Uh, that's a lot, right? Okay. It's going to be 30. So oh, is the answer. Craig with the win. So obviously we're in the middle of this heat wave, guys. Congratulations. It continues today and it's going to continue into the weekend too. Dallas, about 105 over the next three days. I'm going to have to talk to Al. We need, like, prizes. Oh, I'm here for that. Uh, Al can provide smart. the prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although Chanel pointed out, you would make a great game show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Bob Barker, who? <laughs> uh, when we come back, today's can't miss vindication, folks, for anyone who has ever experienced being hangry. Well, you may not want to skip that breakfast right after this. Something a lot of us can relate to, and if you've gotten a little snappy, you haven't eaten, yeah. you you know, there actually is a study that confirms what most of us probably are. Oh, yeah. Here. It's real. No yeah. question, especially yeah. on this shift sometimes. <laughs> so here's the thing. The research followed a group of 64 people across three weeks, and the study found that emotions like anger, irritability, low levels of pleasure, strongly <laughs> linked hmm. to hunger. Bottom line, 
The hungrier people got, the angrier and more irritable they became. Mm -hmm. Did that ever happen to you? Absolutely. And even if you think about children, that's why you have snack time or you give kids snacks. By the snacks. way, kids are the barometer. A hundred percent. When they don't have something, they can tear the it house down. It just goes to the left. Yeah. And it's amazing how a snack and then everything just feels better. Well, here it is. Hunger accounted for 56% change in irritability, a okay. 48% change in anger. We know that. Um, that's why you're always eating a little something on the set. I always have a little snack. Both of you guys, snack. right? The or do you do oranges too? I used to. I do bananas now. Do you yeah. eat anything Bana before no, the show? No, I don't, but so I you, should. You've had nothing right I've now as nothing. we sat here? I've had I actually water. go up right now. We're about to hit a commercial yeah. break. This is when I go up. We have our phone call for the 9, and on that call, I'm having my snack. Yeah. So when I what come back snack? during the 8 o'clock hour, I'm a much more pleasant well, person. You're, you're pleasant, at, pleasant at 7. What's um, your snack of choice? A little cup of fruit or a granola bar. Sometimes you do that yogurt. I do. still do the yogurt? I stop. I discovered I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, sure. moving on. Straight ahead and yes. star. I did, but you know, America doesn't need to know. <laughs> a star studded murder mystery. Wait until you hear the cast of the who you or who done it, that's what yeah. I should say. That's coming to theaters. First, though, speaking of blockbusters, we're gonna tell you why the summer movie season is about to take off after your local news. <laughs> this is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.